Welcome to the Blissing Out podcast. My name is Katie Benford, and I'm the founder of the spiritual development brand, Blissing Out. I'm a women's embodiment coach, as well as a master manifestation coach, and it is my soul's mission to help as many women as I can become the most blissed out version of themselves. My intent with this podcast is to help you step into your internal abundance, manifest your craziest desires, and inspire you to take the very first steps into your dream life. Consider this podcast to be your weekly dose of spirituality, motivation, manifestation tips and tricks, mindset hacks, and so much more. I am so excited to be going on this journey with you to help you realize the infinite power that is already within you. Thank you so much for pressing play today, and let's create some bliss together. Hello, hello, you blissing out beauties. I am so excited and grateful to be here. I just had the most amazing conversation with my very first podcast guest. Effia Solter is a mindset and manifestation coach who is obsessed with helping ambitious millennial women squash their limiting beliefs and create empowering new stories so they can manifest their extraordinary life. And when I tell you that this episode is going to blow your minds, I mean it because Afia gave so many amazing manifestation tips, meditation tips, limiting belief tips, you know, how to surrender on the how and how to really have so much self-worth that you are untouchable from outside circumstances, feelings, beliefs of others. And this episode is near and dear to my heart because not only is Afia my first guest on the podcast, and this is so exciting for me and something that I've wanted to do for the last couple months, and I'm so happy that Afia is my first guest, Um, but she talks so much about how she's had to navigate the online space as a black woman and kind of the trials and tribulations that she's had to overcome in terms of really switching her mindset to being more about what she wants to create versus all of the struggles that she has had to overcome and still is having to overcome. Um, And it was just super inspiring. I am so grateful that I got connected with Afia. And without further ado, here it is. Welcome. I'm so excited to have you here, Afia. Um, Can you just do a little bit of an introduction on who you are and your background in manifestation and kind of when you got started on everything? Yeah, sure. So hello. Thank you for having me, Katie. Uh And yeah, I'm Afia and I'm a mindset and manifestation coach for ambitious millennial women. And really, my ethos is all about helping women manifest their extraordinary life. So for me, my manifestation journey, well, my conscious manifestation journey, I would say, probably began in 2016, as a lot of people's journeys begin with The Secret. So I'd read my first personal development book maybe a few months before then. And then after watching The Secret, I was like, wow, I feel like my mind has been opened up to a lot of things. But it's almost like you're not learning something new. It's like, oh yeah, like I kind of already, I feel like I knew this already. I feel like I was remembering something. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's that kind of situation. And then after watching The Secret, you know, getting excited, creating the first vision board, it was really diving into my own journey and kind of finding what worked for me, things I did agree with, and also things that didn't really sit right with me Mm -hmm. and developing my own practice from that. Mm, that's awesome. That's actually, it's funny that you say that you started um, this with the secret because I did too. So that's so funny. Yeah. Um, I feel like a lot of people do. It's just such a great starting point. Um, and, you know, just 
yeah, really basic information. But again, like I like I like what you said about, you know, it felt like you already knew it. It's just like you were remembering because I feel the exact same way. Um, so did you ever work like I know right now you're traveling, right? Like you that's kind of is that kind of how you got your start in the online space? So you were traveling and kind of blogging about that? Yeah, so I've actually been blogging now for eight years, but at the end of 2016, I moved abroad to Australia, mm-hmm. and there I kind of evolved from maybe like a student lifestyle blog to more of a travel blog, and then I was travel blogging, and also I had a social media marketing agency, and then I realized that because I'm qualified in marketing as well, I have a master's in digital marketing, and my undergrad is in marketing as well, so I kind of um moved to Australia to take some time out after finishing uni I was like "Mm, I'm not really sure I want to work in marketing and I was like oh well maybe if I'm working for myself it will be different and then I realized having started that social media agency that it wasn't really for me and that all the time I'd been kind of leaning towards leaning more into my spiritual practice and sharing that but I didn't really know how to realize it as an actual career path so I just went with the kind of like oh this is a safe option but I realized that it's safe to begin with. Taking the safe option is safe to begin with, but it actually becomes more dangerous as time goes by because you realize that you're not fulfilling your potential. And to me, that ends up being way more scary. Mm-hmm. Yes, I absolutely agree. Honestly, I mean, because I'm I'm currently, I still work a day job right now. So that really resonates yep. with me. Um, eventually, I want to, want to get to the point where I don't have to work that anymore, obviously. But um, that's really cool that you went into marketing too. I mean, it, I'm sure it really helped in the online space and being able to figure out how to really market yourself as a, you know, a leader in the industry and show up online as that expert, which is really cool and something that a lot of people struggle with, I feel like. So that's, that's awesome. Um, are you now, so you, are you just taking one-on-one clients right now or like, how does that, how does your program work? Yeah, so I have one-on-one clients, but I also have um, a mini course as well, and that's all about my manifestation framework. So I have the one-on-one clients is my main thing, and then I also have the course, and then I have some smaller products as well. I actually just released a couple last week, and to me, I really love creating digital products because having been a blogger and been a writer all this time, creating those written digital products, it feels really natural to me, Mm -hmm. and I think... There's something powerful about creating those maybe written resources that aren't just written by a bunch of like old straight white men mm-hmm. and bringing this kind of new perspective into the spirituality space. I really enjoy that. Yes, absolutely. And that's, I think it's, you know, part of the reason why I wanted to bring you onto my podcast was because I want to, I want to hear different perspectives from different types of people, obviously. And I do, I agree with you so much that it's like older white men that kind of with all of those written resources that that's Mm -hmm. standard, which I feel like just in life in general, that tends to be the standard. So we definitely need more empowered women in our industry and just in, you know, the world in general. So that's, that's awesome that you are now putting out products that really align with, you know, just spreading light and, and love and helping people really live from their highest self and, and manifest the life of their dreams. Because I feel like everyone should have the information to be able to do that. Um, so it sounds like you're just really aligned with your, your soul's mission, which is amazing. I love that. <laughs> um, Thank you. yeah. So I want to backtrack for a second. Cause I just had a thought pop up. Um, when you were travel blogging, like, were you applying your manifestation practice to that 
or was it just kind of a thing that you did before? And then it kind of morphed into this coaching business that you now have. No, definitely. Because in the, you know, the blogging, the influencer space, there are a lot of misconceptions, but also some of them are true. And if you're a listener right now, something you should know, I am black. So for black women in the travel space, it is a challenge because you are not picked over other content creators who may be less skilled than you, but might be more aesthetically appealing because they're white. So that's something that I've known throughout my time in the blogging space is that I am going to have to work harder than everyone else to be successful. But mm. also at the same time, I was like, how can I use this to my advantage? And how can I not kind of stick myself in this trap, but actually build a brand and build something that aligns with my audience and really gives the forefront to more voices of color as well. So when reaching out to brands and or even brands reaching out to me, one of the first things that many black content creators do when a brand reach out is you'll go and you'll do the Instagram scroll test and you'll see, okay, how long has it actually been though since you've last posted the black person on your profile? And mm-hmm. for a lot of these brands, it's often either very rare or never. And so when you're having a relationship with a brand, having an opportunity to talk about why that's problematic is really important. So for me, a lot of the brand partnerships I've worked on or have actually chosen to decline have been based on those values of this isn't a fit or, hey, this is a really important product, not only for white people, but for black people as well. And I think there's a different perspective to add here. And then also in terms of traveling and manifesting free travel, that is something that I also found really fun and really useful when you're building your brand to go on all these free trips or have these hotel stays definitely allows you to further your message and try all of these new situations. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think what you just said about, you know, kind of checking with each brand and seeing if they're adding um, diversity into their brand as well, like that is so important. And it's, it's a awful truth in my opinion that not a lot of brands do. Um, so I'm really happy that you're bringing to light that, you know, that needs to be a main priority for a lot of different companies and a lot of different individuals who are in the online space. Um, I think that it's, it's wonderful that you're doing that. Um, so when you were traveling you said, you mentioned something about, you know, just getting free travel and, and, you know, was it any type of like, um, like, did you have to, it sounds like you had to overcome a lot of different mindset challenges as well when you were starting out in the online space, just in terms of traveling and blogging and, and creating a brand because of the fact that you are black. And it sounds like you have had to overcome a lot more um, in terms of your mindset as well. Yeah, it's definitely, it's been a big shift. And also as a smaller content creator or a smaller influencer, there is this like belief, well, no one's going to pick us or they're just going to pick the bigger bloggers. And for me, that was something that I never really wanted to adopt as my own. I was like, okay, well, what if we did just play with the idea that anything is also possible for me? Like, I love my work. I know what I put out there is good. Mm -hmm. So what if I went on the basis that other brands and other people felt that way as well? And I would reach out to people from that place. And it's really funny, actually. And as a like biggest synchronicities I had in my Um, time travel blogging was my first pitch that I did Um, the idea for the brand came to me in a dream I dreamt about the brand I was like you have to pitch them and then I pitched them the next day and they're like yeah we'd love to work with you so going on that kind of intuition and just reaching out to brands from that place as well has been really powerful 
my gosh, that's so funny. That, I think that's really cool that you had that dream. Cause I feel like, I mean, I'm sure you agree because you're in the manifestation world, but I feel like when we're dreaming, our subconscious is literally talking to us because I've had similar experiences where something happens. And then the next day, like it's an idea or something. Um, yes. yeah, because I like, I, I swear I've had so many different, you know, just people tell me about their dreams and, and what it means and all of this. And so that's really, really cool that that was your first pitch. I feel like that just means that you are on the right track. 100%. If that was your first pitch came to you okay. in a dream <laughs> and then on top of that, the next day you got it. I mean, that's just great. I, I really love that. And the fact that what I, what you said that I really loved, um, that I just need to point out because I feel like within, cause you're certified in NLP, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because okay, I remember seeing that. Um, like the the way you said that I'm going to live from the place of, okay, it's not hard to, you know, even though I'm a smaller influencer or I'm a smaller brand, it's not difficult to get brand sponsor- sponsorship or partnerships with these brands. I'm going to live from the place that it's easy for me and that, you know, you made that switch. Like, I think that's such a good flip because so many people would be like, well, you don't have more than, you know, a million followers or whatever it may be. Um, and so the fact that you live from that place and switched your perspective, it has proved obviously to be very successful for you. So that's wonderful. Is that Definitely. something that you, you really try to teach your clients as well? Just, you know, really looking at different perspectives of any situation. That's for sure. Because I think the thing is, if you were, as long as, so long as you're looking for validation, from other people you're always gonna you're always 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 gonna fall short so for me definitely when I started out in the influencer blogger space and even not even at the beginning because the industry has shifted so much over the past eight years like eight years ago when I started like Instagram wasn't even really a thing then so mm-hmm. for that now to be added into the mix you have to just be really conscious of the thought pattern that you're putting out there and even things that I would say and people are like well how have you done these brand partnerships when you only have 1500 followers so last year I did um I traveled to New Zealand for two weeks with this company and I went around New Zealand with them and I was taking over the stories and had this free trip to New Zealand and everyone's like but you only had like this amount of followers and like I didn't go into it thinking oh no they're not going to hire me because of this I'm like I'm so amazing they would be stupid not to hire me this would be so crazy so when I teach my clients I'm like you the number one person that you need to have faith in is yourself it's important to have the faith in the universe but it, especially if you're just getting started in like and you're new to spirituality and consciously manifesting the number one thing you need to do is have faith in yourself you can mm-hmm. have faith in yourself everything else will follow but you need to have that sense of unrelenting faith in yourself and that's not to say there aren't going to be moments when you're like oh shit like I don't know if I can do this or this is so hard this is so challenging this doesn't mean that you're doing anything wrong because that is just a part of life but the other part of life is having this sense of self-awareness and having this 100% responsibility for where your life is at and where you're, where you're going. Because people can help you get there. But they can't help you get there unless you know that for yourself. Right. Yeah, I totally agree. The way that you describe it, too, is just I because I you know how hard it is in, in the manifestation world. It's when you're starting out, what I experienced when I was starting out, when I was very persistent with manifestation about three years ago, that's when I really started to get into it and, and dive really deep into my practice. Um, obviously surrendering is the hardest thing, but what you said about just having faith in yourself, I feel like that helps you surrender as well, because you're like, you know what, no matter what I'm taking care of, it doesn't matter. I have faith in myself that I'm going to succeed. And that is actually something that I focus heavily on too. 
um, with my clients is that you have to just like know your worth a hundred percent. And again, what you mentioned too, about having, you know, those days or those moments where you're feeling down or you're feeling really shitty, um, just about like your, your life, where you're at, whatever it may be. It's like the key is to allow those feelings and don't judge yourself. Like that's such an important aspect of manifestation that I feel like so many people miss. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think as well, because um, there's a lot of focus on positive thinking. So then people are like, oh, no, I'm not thinking positively or I wasn't in the vibe of love and now my manifestations are coming and then they're beating themselves up. It's actually the act of beating yourself up that detracts you from your focus rather than just like, oh, you know what, I'm having a shitty five minutes or I had a bad day today, but things are always going to get better. And it's having that self-compassion is so much more important than being positive all the time, being negative all the time, is being self-aware and being compassionate. Yes, absolutely. I mean, the people that I feel like if you really just sit in a feeling, if you're having a really shitty feeling and you're just, you know, feeling, but you're trying to like force yourself to feel better, that's when you're going to be in that vibration for a longer period of time. But if you just sit with that feeling for five minutes without judgment and just allow yourself to feel it, it will dissipate so quickly. (laughs) I feel like it's just, it's crazy that, um, we're kind of conditioned to believe that we can't have bad days or we can't, you know, feel negatively or, you know, and I think it is a common misconception about manifestation is that you can't have any negative feelings. And I'm sure you've experienced the same thing with, you know, newbies coming in and, and asking for your help. It's something that, you know, can you mind speaking a little bit on that about like feeling your negative emotions and really like just understanding their purpose and everything? Yeah, for sure. So I think this is particularly important to me because I have struggled with anxiety and depression since probably my early teens. Mm-hmm. I was orphaned when I was 14 and I've always had this kind of sense of anxiety around, oh no, like how am I, like what's my purpose here? How am I going to look after myself? And having been independent from a very young age, I felt there was a lot of pressure to save face really. And I never really, at that time, I never really processed or healed that trauma and just kind of tried to show up as if everything was fine and obviously when you just kind of pack things away and don't actually deal with them it's not like they've gone away they're still just lying there under the surface so in 2016 I always say this is actually the best and the worst year of my life because at the beginning of the year I just had a complete mental breakdown I was so depressed I was so unhappy I couldn't leave the house I was almost failing my degree and by the end of the year I was moving to Australia I was happy I had amazing friends around me and I truly truly loved myself but to get to that place I had to realize that these feelings of sadness or anxiety or depression, they're not things to be ashamed of. And they're just part of who I am. And it's not something to hide from, but something to face and something to hold hands with and walk alongside. And actually having that approach to my life and the way that I've used my emotions has completely changed them. And I remember there was a point when I would, I would kind of judge how well I was doing by how frequently I was crying. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh no, like it's been like two days in a row that I've been crying or it's been like a week. And I would kind of judge how well I was doing in life by that. And I've now realized that it's really not a way to judge life at all. Like sometimes I'm crying out of happiness, sometimes I'm crying out of sadness, but crying isn't a bad thing. Expressing and feeling your emotions isn't a bad thing. And it kind of detracts you from sharing those feelings when feeling like, oh, well, it's bad. So honoring your emotions is, is just honestly I can't stress the importance of this enough because when you self-reject you are not only rejecting the sad emotions but you're rejecting all of this joy all of this love all of this abundance for your life as well Mm -hmm. 
I, I agree with you. You have such an amazing story. Like you, I feel like you've come so far in terms of when you were younger and you had, you know, struggled with your mental health in terms of your depression and anxiety. Like that, I, you know, that's just, it's an amazing, amazing thing that you've done and, and how, where you're going to continue to go. It just, it's amazing. And I'm so inspired right now. <laughs> it's, oh, thank you. Yes. Oh my gosh. It's amazing. Um, that's one thing that, you know, I, I just, a lot of my followers, tend to struggle with is, is the fact that, like you said, you know, I actually have heard a lot of people do that where they base how well they're doing on the days that they feel sad. And if they feel sad multiple days in a row, they must not be doing well in life. Um, and I've always viewed it as that as well, because I feel like, again, there's a stigma attached to any type of negative emotion. And, but like when you sit there and you really honor those feelings, that's when they're going to go away. And you, and when you let yourself cry, it's the releasing of the emotion as well. Um, and so when you do it without judgment and just allow yourself to be in that moment, I feel like that's when it's, you know, you're not going to manifest something out of negativity when you're just sitting there without judgment and, and honoring it. Um, you know, some, I feel like that's a common misconception as well is that if you have one negative emotion, you're going to manifest it into your life and, you know, yeah. you're going to attract it. Um, which I always tell people that I feel like it's more if you have a negative emotion and you attach so much meaning to it and it becomes a dominant feeling and thought, that's yeah, when it definitely. potentially manifests. Um, so it's very interesting that you feel that same way. I mean, it's just honoring yourself and allowing yourself, you know, these moments of, you know, um, sadness or anger or whatever it may be. Definitely. Um, and I think Oh, sorry. Um, Yeah, I was going to say as well, I think it's (laughs) understanding that manifestation is not a reward and punishment system. It's a consequence system and consequence isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's just like, as a result of this, this is going to happen or this happens because this happens. It's not, oh, I did this and now I'm being rewarded for having good thoughts or I did this and now I'm being punished for not keeping in my good vibration. It's just this happens as a result of and it's neither positive nor negative until we give it meaning. Yes, 100%. And that's something that I'm assuming that you've learned in NLP too, is like nothing means anything until you attach meaning to it. And when you do attach meaning to it, that's when it it can really take over your life, good or bad. Um, And that's what I always said too. It's like the universe doesn't punish nor reward. It it matches who you are being. So like if you want to manifest more positivity in your life, then you need to be more positive because it's going to match exactly who you are being, not what you're doing. Um, and it's not a reward nor a punishment. I love that you said that because I feel the exact same way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so one of my the questions that I kind of got repeatedly over on the, from the story that I posted asking if someone has a specific question to ask you, um, a lot of people are asking about money mindset. And how to manifest more money into their lives and, and little tips that they can maybe implement into their lives that will help them manifest more money. Yes, of course. I, I love talking about money mindset. So one of the first money mindset books I read was The um, Secret of the Millionaire Mind. I read that a couple of years ago mm-hmm. and it just blew my mind. And since then, I've been really interested in learning more about money mindset. And I found it so fascinating that, you know, you can you can want more money you can want to manifest more money but if you don't address how you actually feel about money it doesn't matter how much money you have you will always find some way to get rid of it if it isn't in alignment with your story so one of the first things to do to manifest more money is understanding how you actually truly feel about money and the thing is 
it's most likely that this story isn't yours because the way that you've learned about the world through your parents or through whoever looked after you, through who you were surrounded by at school, that is how you have developed, okay, this is the way that money works in the world. This is the way that I feel about money. And either in response to what you've seen, you've adopted the same beliefs as everyone around you, or you've gone the other way and you've rejected what you've seen from other people around you and like, no, I don't want to be like this. So this is why someone might want to manifest, for example, $10,000. But if they've seen their parents have a bad relationship with money or friends had a bad relationship with money or maybe they're they feel like they're the most successful one in their family they don't want to be outcast from their family so like I can't hold on to this and they'll end up spending it on stupid things or lending it to friends who never repay it so it's really understanding how do I feel about money because you do have a relationship with money just like you have a relationship with everything else in your life you have a relationship to money so to manifest more of it understand that relationship and if there's something that makes you feel uncomfortable about what you've written or you can see something that could be problematic about what you've written then that's something that you need to work on and picking apart those limiting beliefs and also replacing it with a story that empowers you this does not happen overnight so when people are like how can I manifest like ten thousand dollars tomorrow yes that can happen for some people but we're not in the quick fix game we're in the long-term game we're in the lifelong changes game we're in the you know personal development game you don't just decide to personally develop for one day and then go back to how you were living before it just can't really happen that way I think like you know once you're awake in inverted commas you can't really go back so it's the same for money mindset it's something that you need to keep working on keep working on and throughout your life you'll continue to have those money beliefs you think that okay well when I hit this certain income goal or when I have this job or when my life is like this then things will be completely different but that's not necessarily the case like yes you will have maybe less problems but you will still have problems you will still have things that come up and say you know no matter how much money you have there will still be a little voice at the back of your head that says something so it's about becoming acquainted with that voice and also realizing that you are not the voice the voice is just there but you don't have to necessarily listen to everything it's saying you can choose what you feed into it and you have to make a conscious effort to do that really regularly and another money manifestation tip that people probably maybe aren't going to like that much but I think it's important because I do see in a lot of Facebook groups and it's like okay how can I manifest like x amount of money like super quickly and a response I often give is like, okay, like, have you written down maybe a list of all the ways that you could invite more money into your life? They're like, well, no, I'm just like waiting to manifest it and for it to come out of nowhere. So you have to understand that everything is coming out somewhere. So taking the action of writing something down, setting an intention around how you're going to get more money, that is welcoming the money in. And that is when you're going to find, oh, something that I didn't actually put on the list has just come to me and now I have this idea of how money is going to come. It doesn't necessarily mean just because you write this list of things that you have to go out there and do everything on that list. What you're doing is showing your mind that there are actually multiple possibilities and you're getting yourself out of that fixed mindset to a growth mindset where anything is possible because anything is possible to the extent that you have belief it is. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, you're amazing. That was so good. I seriously like love I love money mindset too. I actually I just read that book, um, Secrets of a Millionaire Mind, probably uh, I want to say like five months ago. And it again blew my mind. And if anyone needs a money mindset book, that is the book to go after. Um it's it's just so eye-opening about how we kind of create our own wealth or our own lack of wealth, um, just based yeah. on you know, what we grew up with. And I, I always love using the, um, the example of someone winning the lottery and like how most lottery winners can never sustain their money. It's because 
typically they won't have beliefs in alignment with being able to hold that amount of money and sustain it because either they think rich people are greedy or whatever it is. So the subconscious literally goes and says, oh my gosh, I have all this money. Rich people are bad. Rich people are evil. I'm going to go lose this so I can become good again. I don't want to be bad. Mm, And that was, yeah, like that's just something that, you know, it's really powerful when you think about it. And when you really do start to understand the subconscious mind and, you know, and NLP and everything, that's something that you're so like, I mean, we just dive so deep into it because I'm actually getting certified too. I don't know if I said that already, but, um, yeah. So it's, it's very interesting. And, um, do you have any tips for, you know, if someone wants to really start breaking down those beliefs and understanding how to kind of reframe them or just kind of get them, get out of their own way with these belief systems that they have in place? Yeah, for sure. So I think it's important to have time to be still with yourself. And this is one of the most important things to me and that I will say to my clients, students, whoever, is have time to be with yourself. And this is my two main practices for this is either meditation or journaling and actually listening to yourself because we have, you know, we're surrounded by other people or there's social media or your computer and actually just having that time to be still. I think this is well why so many people have ideas in the showers because you literally like, there is no other distractions in there because you're just like in this space where you're solely focused on like what's going on in my head. Oh, wow. I didn't know I felt that way. And kind of recreating that shower experience either with meditating or with journaling and being like, okay, let's just like get it all out on paper and honestly like yeah the two on a meditation and journaling are two practices that have completely changed my life and at the beginning of this year going into second lockdown no even first lockdown in Melbourne <laughs> there's been so many it's hard to keep track but going into <laughs> first lockdown in Melbourne and I'm living overseas in Australia I was working at another job and I lost my job because it was being closed due to COVID. I wasn't able to, I go home to the UK to visit every year and I knew that I wasn't going to be able to go back this year. I didn't know when I was going to be able to go home again. I had all of these things going on. You don't get any support from the government when you're living overseas because you're British, so they don't want to provide assistance to people who are in Australia. So all of these things, when first lockdown happened, I was like, oh my God, like, how am I going to deal with this? And there's just a moment when I was honestly, I was just like bitching in my journal, like, oh, life is so bad right now. And then I just had this thought of like, okay, but what have I actually done though? And when I had that realization, I was like, wow, I actually haven't done anything in this moment to change my situation. All I've done is followed in this situation. So when I actually took responsibility for where I was at, like, yes, of course, COVID wasn't my fault, but how I react to it and how I made the most of my time was down to me. And when I made <clears throat> that realization, so many things shifted for me. Money started flowing easily. I was having more downloads. I was saying, yes, you need to put more boundaries in place in your life here. You need to do this. You need to do this. So now at a place eight months later, I feel so completely different that even having went through a second lockdown, it did not break me. And I feel so confident in myself, in my own abilities. I know that I will always be supported, but to know that you will always be supported, you need to be still and be quiet with yourself and start writing things down and to me I was someone who I just had kind of had this view to journaling I'm like why would I journal like I'm not a child I don't need to be writing a dear diary but (laughs) when I actually did it I was like this is such important work and yes having coaches and courses is really important but you need to know that it's not like a coach or a course is going to give you some magical pill and you change your life Mm -hmm. just from something that they've told you what they're going to tell you is how to get even deeper into yourself how to get 
closer to your truth and your highest awareness. And the way that you do that is by having these conversations with yourself. And I'm someone who, I, you know, even out loud, I'll regularly just kind of have a conversation back and forth with myself. But I guess it's a little bit less crazy when you're writing it in a journal. But mm-hmm. to unpick those limiting beliefs, just start writing things down. And, you know, if you're like, okay, but how do I actually know what my limiting beliefs are? Just start writing what goes on in your day. Start writing how you feel about things in your day. And then look back at it over a week, over a month. Okay, what, what kept coming up over here? And why is that? And just getting the process of self-inquiry and asking yourself a lot of questions. Yes, that's honestly so powerful. I actually meditate like that. I, I try to incorporate that into my daily routine for sure, because honestly, every single time I do, I have that's when I have. And like you said, being in the shower and stuff, when you have no other distractions, I always have the craziest intuitive downloads when I'm meditating. And it's just gotten better as I've practiced more. Um, and, you know, I feel like the journaling is the most power. I need to get more into journaling, obviously, honest, honestly, because I feel like even if you have no intention of like, say you're just journaling for a month and you have no intention of finding anything out, you're just kind of like free writing your thoughts and your what you're feeling. I feel like you can still go back and kind of pick apart those journal entries and see what the common theme is and apply that to where you are currently at. And hopefully you know, take full responsibility, even if you're in a really shitty situation and you're just like, oh my God, how did I create this for myself? But that's also when you're going to be able to take responsibility and then see the power that you have to change it. And that's so powerful that you said that about the journaling thing and looking back on it, you know, a week or a month later, I've actually never thought of that. So thank you for that. That was, that was a really (laughs) good tip. (laughs) Um, have you read any books or anything on, on meditation or, you know, how do you, how did you come about meditation and really starting to implement it more into your life? Sure. So I actually grew up Buddhist from the age of 10, maybe I would say. Mm -hmm. So it was quite a normal thing to go to the temple and meditate. But as a child, I hated it. I honestly despised it and I found nothing more stressful than just kind of sitting there and trying not to think. And I really had a misconception about what meditation was. So in uni, I kind of tried to get back into it um, with the headspace app, calm those anxious thoughts. And again, it didn't really stick for me. So it wasn't until last year that I was like, okay, I'm just going to, I like my anxiety had been building again. I was like, okay, I'm just going to sit and try this meditation thing again. And I'm going to try it for a week. And I have this app, Insight Timer, which anyone listening, you need to get this app. It's incredible. There are so many different meditations on there from guided to music to talk. To, there is everything on this app. You just need it in your life. So yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it for a week and I'll see how things go. Today is 535 days later and I've meditated every day since that day. And meditation is just so powerful. It is so powerful. And it's completely changed my conception to what meditation is. And I used to think, okay, meditation means you sit and you just don't think for an hour. But what meditation actually is, it's just about sitting and being with yourself. It's about knowing thoughts are going to come up, but practicing the self-compassion of, okay, this is what happens. It's about going into meditation with both an intention that this is what I want to achieve, but also having complete detachedness that it doesn't matter if I don't get this download or I don't get the answer to the question I'm searching for. All that matters is that I commit to this practice and that I commit to myself. And yes, meditation is an act of self-care, but it's also such a radical act of self-love is that I love myself so much that I deserve this time for myself. 
I'm sure there's a saying, something like, if you can't meditate for 15 minutes, then you're the kind of person that you need to absolutely be meditating for an hour, because if you don't have time for 15 minutes, then you need to be kind of reclaiming your time and taking back this space yourself. So if you are someone who says that you don't have time for meditation, I am going to call you out right now. Like, where, <laughs> like, open up your app. How much time are you spending on social media? What is your screen time right now? And if it's anything over 10 minutes, then yeah, <laughs> let's Seriously? talk about that. Yes, because it is priorities. I mean, and that's something that I run into a lot. Like even when people are just, you know, signing up for courses and, and, and buying all these books and all of these things, but not implementing anything, you know, they're taking the knowledge and they're taking the information, but then they're just letting it sit dormant in their mind and they're not actually implementing it. And I feel like that has been a huge game changer in my life too, is meditating. And, and that's insane that you did it for 535 days. Yeah. That's, that is like, well done. Congrats on that. Because I know that it can be difficult when you're having a bad day or, you know, you're feeling just like, gosh, now I have to go meditate. Like, you know, it, it, Mm -hmm. it takes like a strong mind. I feel like to be able to do that. Um, and to really sit there. And, And that was actually something that I struggled with when I first started out was, oh my gosh, no, I had a thought come through. I can't, you know, whatever it was. And it's really just about allowing your thoughts and, and choosing the ones that you want to focus on and realizing that most of what goes on in your mind is just noise. And if you can consciously choose what you want to focus on, your life will change drastically because we get so caught up in, you know, we have one negative thought and then we start fixating on that thought and then it becomes a negativity spiral and we start going down I don't even know where we'll go, but somewhere down far away. <laughs> and I feel like it's, you know, just being conscious. And this is what meditation does for me, at least, is it just helps quiet your mind and really make sense of everything that's coming to you. So Definitely. I feel like you just become more rational as well. You can approach things from a lot more rational place. I'll even have like, I'll go to friends with situations and they're like, have you done your meditation yet today? Or maybe you should meditate on this. I'm like, you're so right. Um, And having that kind of place to go back to, it's just like this special thing that is only yours and no one can really quite share that experience with you. It's just this really special journey that you get to go on by yourself and really don't take that away from yourself because you're scared that you're going to fuck up or do it wrong there is no wrong way to meditate mm-hmm. it's about you know there are so many the other thing is there's so many things that are meditative you can go for a walk and looking at the trees and being mindful of what is around you that is a form of meditation or even that shower time that we're talking about that is also a form of meditation like mm-hmm. personally I do like to take that time to sit down or lie down and just like listen to the music and be with the thoughts and be mm-hmm. with those vibes but you know there are so many mini meditations that we have throughout our day, like pay attention to those. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I feel like it's also just goes hand in hand with kind of self-worth and, and value valuing yourself enough to be able to take 10 to 15 minutes per day to just Mm -hmm. be alone. And it really does come down to that because if you can't turn off everything and turn off your, you know, TV and your phone or whatever it is, and just put everything on do not disturb for 15 minutes, I feel like there's there could be a disconnect with valuing yourself enough to be able to take that time. Um, and that's not to say that no or everyone who meditates or doesn't meditate has either great self-worth or they have none. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's just for me, at least I prioritize myself enough to be able to do that for myself. Um, 
which is something that, you know, I wanted to ask you as well is, is the idea of self-worth and, and how you really overcame all of your struggles from when you were 16 with, you know, anxiety and depression and how you kind of rebuilt that. It sounds like meditation played a huge role, but there, was there anything else that, you know, you really dove into that was super helpful and just kind of a game changer in that respect? I think it's just been throughout the past, especially five years of my life. It's really like I've been on this process of truly meeting myself. And, you know, when people do all of this personal development and friends around you will say, you've changed so much. Oh my God, I hardly recognize you. And I really caution people away from saying like, oh, I completely transformed or I'm a different person. Because for me, I feel like the more personal development I do, the deeper I go, I just become more myself. I don't become a different person. I just become more comfortable in my own skin and more confident showing up as who I truly am Mm -hmm. and loving showing up in that aspect. And when you have that sense of self-worth, it's like you are just untouchable to outside forces. And like I said before, of course, there will be things that come up, but you also you just have this innate knowing of I'm on the path that is meant to me and I will always get to where I need to go. I just need to trust in myself. So in terms of myself building that self-worth, I just have to go through that journey of maybe really not valuing myself. And I'm definitely a very empathetic person and I always want to help other people and solve other people's problems. But there comes a point when actually you're giving too much of yourself away. So I would say something extremely important in the manifestation space maybe something that isn't talked about that much is having boundaries and especially over the last two years I have learned how to enforce much stronger boundaries around not only who I allow into my life what I um, what I show up for how I behave and having the boundary and saying no I'm not available for this or yes fuck yes this is a huge full body yes I'm so available for this having the sense of boundaries actually opens up your world more by closing off these areas you're opening up for the spaces that do fill you up in those ones that do feel right for you and especially to especially to the ladies out there valuing yourself in relationships as well is a space where you can really lose a lot of yourself and in my time at uni I definitely did have a lot of less productive relationships where I was just trying to be a fixer-upper and that just doesn't work for me anymore so mm-hmm. if you do have that sense of self-worth around your relationships just realize that you in trying to give so much to the other person you you are losing losing pieces of yourself in the process and it absolutely just isn't worth it it isn't worth it you can't take someone on a journey that they don't want to go on themselves the only way you can encourage other people to change and by the way this is encourage and invite people to change not force people to change or tell people to change Mm -hmm. is by being the example yourself and being your best self and if you realize having done that self-work and having grown yourself to a place where you feel like so just comfortable in where you're at and you feel so proud of yourself and if you find that people around you are not shifting to meet you there then maybe it's a case of okay there just really isn't space for that person in my life anymore but don't try and force someone to change with you if they don't want to do that it's not our place to do yes that's something that I've had to learn the hard way multiple times on my self-development and self-love and worth manifestation journey spirituality journey really um you know, is that you are going to outgrow people and not every single person that's in your life currently, if you're just starting out on your journey, not every single person is going to be willing to look within themselves. And so when you are doing all of this work and really looking within yourself and becoming better, it can trigger a lot of people and it can trigger a lot of fear in people. Um, And that's something that I feel like no one tells you when you're actually starting out, you know, like, I feel like, 
people just don't tell you that you're going to lose friends. I think I've lost like three friends this year that I just didn't connect. Yeah. I mean, you just, you don't connect on, on a level anymore and which is fine, but it is something that I've learned multiple, multiple times that you cannot force anyone to change. The only way that you can encourage, like you said, people to change is if they are or by being the example of yourself and doing that work yourself. So they're going to start to take note of all of the amazing changes that are going on in your life and start, that's when they're going to be like, what are you doing? You know, yeah. <laughs> which is really important. Um, yeah. There is, so I've been doing a lot of different um, researching and, and everything on quantum physics. Have you, have you kind of like gotten into any of that and, and really understanding kind of the scientific background of manifestation. I'm not scientific at all. Like personally, I'm not a scientific person, but it's so interesting to me. I'm curious if you've, if you've been diving into that as well. Yes, actually, I just recorded um, a quantum manifestation meditation last week mm-hmm. and it's such a fun journey, but I, I find that um, it's funny because at school I was so bad at science and mm-hmm. I remember there was this point when I am, um, actually cheated on one of my tests and I still failed and I was like right this is it I'm just I just suck at science this is it and now getting into my adult life and all of these kind of beliefs that I built about myself as a kid like oh I suck at math or I suck at science and revisiting as an adult and being like oh I can actually change this belief and what does it actually mean to be bad at something the revisiting these things as an adult has been really fun and I have on this year I committed to reading 52 books I think I'm at maybe 48 at the moment and some of those were more based in science and the physics and understanding manifestation from all these different perspectives because what I really wanted to do was you know if I'm telling my clients to develop if I'm telling my clients that personal development is so important I need to like not only be doing the same level as I'm telling my clients to do but I need to be doing 10 times more than that and Mm -hmm. I also need to be like living like I am living what I'm telling people to do and in order to do that, you need to be constantly expanding your mind. Now, I'm not saying that everybody needs to go out and like, you're not doing enough work if you're not reading 52 books. It's not that at all. That's just something that I decided to do for myself. But in that process, I've definitely found a lot of things where I'm like, yep, this absolutely makes sense to me. And no, I don't, I don't agree with that. And this is the kind of formula that I'm building for myself based on that. So understanding like the physics, the psychology behind how some of these things actually work has been so powerful because so many people get stuck in the law of, right, they watch The Secret, and then they're like, how can this work? How can you just think of something and it like magically appears? Mm-hmm. And when you don't look at the science, the strategy, the spirituality, they all tie together. So when you're not looking at all the pieces and you're just looking at the like spirituality piece of the pizza, like, yeah, of course it's going to sound batshit crazy. But <laughs> when you're combining it with everything else and you're like, oh, okay, so there's a system in my brain called the reticular activating system and when I program it to say this is important to me I suddenly start seeing more of these things because I said that's important to me so Mm -hmm. for example if you I don't know a lot about cars I don't really drive so this is a terrible example I apologize in advance Mm -hmm. say you really want this like brand new like Range Rover and you've just seen it on TV one day you're like wow I really love to have a car that's going to be my car one day and you start going out you start seeing this Range Rover everywhere and you're Mm -hmm. like wow this is really weird did like loads of people just go out and buy Range Rovers overnight or no that's not what happened it's just like you programmed your brain to say this is important to me this is important to me and then you'll meet someone at a party you're like oh my friend actually works at a dealership and he always gets really good deals you're like wow can you fix me up because it becomes important to you your brain then focuses on those opportunities and something that we learn in neurolinguistic programming is the fact that your brain has like 60,000 bits of like thoughts coming in um per second and that's 
that's just too much information to deal with. So in order to process information at a good rate, what your brain will do is delete, distort, and generalize this information to fit in with your worldview. So what you're doing with your reticular activating system is you are consciously editing your worldview to say, this is important to me. So now what your brain is doing is deleting, distorting, and generalizing the information that fits in with your worldview of, well, one day I'm going to have this car, one day I'm going to have this car, and your brain's like, yep, go to work on this, this is her truth, this is our story, get to your road boys, everybody in place, okay, and go find all the stuff that's going to link to the Range Rover, find all the stuff that's going to make this happen for us. So from a scientific point of view, this is how the law of attraction works, because you are literally reprogramming your mind to make these things more important to you, rather than focusing on like, oh, like, this person's so annoying or oh I can never do anything right you're focusing on stuff that matters and you're focusing on things that's important and anybody can do that that's why the law of attraction that's why the universal laws manifest conscious manifestation is possible for any, anybody about where you put your intent and where you put your energy and it's not like some people are chosen to do this and others are not anybody can choose to consciously change their life mm-hmm And that's, I mean, that's honestly one of the most powerful things that I've learned in NLP and getting certified is um, the fact that we can only pick on or pick up on so many bits of information per second or whatever it is, you know, it's like, and and that's going to, your mind is only going to be able to pick up on what's in alignment with your current belief systems. And so that's how I try to explain it to people is that if you have a belief system that making money is really hard or, you know rich people are evil or whatever it may be, your mind is literally going to start looking for evidence of those two things being true. And that's what you're going to receive. And those are the things that you're going to pick up on. There might be different pieces of information that, you know, are on the contrary to those beliefs, but you won't be able to pick up on them because your mind will literally delete them from your reality and and where you are. So that was, yeah, I mean, that's just a great way of putting it and very simplified is just, you know, figure out what's important to you and start focusing on that instead of, focusing on what you don't want and focusing on, you know, what you don't currently have. If you focus on the presence of it, that's when it's going to start to manifest into your life. And when you focus on whatever reality you're trying to create, if you're making that a habit to really focus and visualize on that reality and yourself in that reality, you know, it has to appear. And, And that's the cool thing that I've, I've really started to, you know, resonate with in quantum physics is that whatever reality you are currently observing is the one that you're going to experience every single Mm. time. And it's so interesting because when I learned about the observer effect and, you know, an atom or an electron can only appear if it's observed, I was like, I had all of these weird thoughts coming back. Like I always knew that, but it was just, you know, it, it wasn't in my mind anymore. And when I heard it, I was like, oh my gosh, it's literally like, the matrix, I feel like, <laughs> like it can, yeah. it seriously is. And it's so crazy when you start to really learn these things, not only learn them, but implement them too. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. And yeah. I think um, for anyone who is interested in learning a bit more about quantum manifestation, I would really one recommend the book, um, A Happy Pocket Full of Money. Yes. It's just so important for money mindset and also understanding the nature of quantum physics and yes the first time if this is your first time learning about quantum manifestation it's going to blow your mind a little bit the pre-warning mm-hmm. is going to blow your mind a little bit you might need to read this book twice but the more you hear these things the more it begins to make sense and then the other thing is watch the film a theory of everything which is this kind of um 
what do you call it? A biopic? Yeah, a biopic about Stephen Hawking's life. And he was the one that came up with the you know, theory of how the universe was existing, existed and how it's created and how it might one day end. So watching that film and reading those books is going to really going to give you a bit more of an understanding of what we mean when we say terms like quantum manifestation and mm-hmm. leaping from one reality into the next. Because when you understand how it works as particles and atoms on a small scale, you're going to understand how it's going to work with you as a human. Yes, absolutely. Can you say the film name again? I didn't catch it for some reason. Yes, um, it's called A Theory of Everything. Okay. The Theory of Everything, actually, yeah. Perfect, yes. The Crier, peer warning. Yes, <laughs> I've, I, um, I've never watched it, but I'm going to now. I've read, so I'm actually reading that book right now, which is funny. Um, the other book that I'm, I'm reading, current, I read like five books at a time, I swear. I just switch back and forth between mm. all of them. <laughs> um, but I'm reading um, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself by Dr. Joe Dispenza. Oh. That's and, on my list. How is it? Oh my gosh. It is amazing. Every time I pick it up, I, I, it just, it blows my mind. It's very similar to Happy Pocket Full of Money in terms of the mm. quantum physics side. And he really just deep dives into it. Um, and I think the part that you're going to like about it is that he has part three, there's three different parts of the book and part three is all about meditation. And Ooh, love. yeah, it's all about, you know, what happens to your brain on meditation and and the way that he describes it. I haven't gotten to that part yet, but the way that he described it in the beginning of the book, I was like, this is going to be great. This is going to be such a motivator to meditate. And, you know, that's a great one too. Um, Just a couple more questions I have for you here. So the one that um, kept coming up for me just generally in my manifestation journey, but also with clients is believability. And I call it the hierarchy of believability and really, Mm building your manifestation muscle because I feel like people find out about manifesting or like conscious manifesting. And then they're like, I'm going to manifest a million dollars tomorrow. And then they get bummed out when it doesn't happen. But Mm. I try to explain to people like the hierarchy of believability, you really have to get your mind on board with what you're trying to manifest. And you have to step into the energy of being able to manifest a million dollars. And if you've never intentionally manifested $10, it would be very mm. hard to like jump from, you know, you have to build your manifesting yeah. muscle. Do you have any insights on that? Yes, for sure. So there is faith and there is knowledge and faith is like believing in something without having proof that it's possible. And then mm. knowledge is like, okay, I've seen the evidence. So for people who are maybe not so spiritually inclined, and this is their first introduction to spirituality, they kind of need to have more than just the faith. It's not just enough to have the faith because they don't initially have the knowledge, okay, this can work for me. So you do need to have those kind of like, almost like a micro test, something small that you can manifest and be like, oh, okay, now that I've got that, then it is possible to see things on a grander scale. Mm -hmm. And it's being intentional about, okay, what is the thing that I want? And knowing that also that you are going to need to put some action behind it. A lot of people will trip up in just thinking and only focusing on the law of attraction, not any of the other universal laws. And then suddenly like looking around and being like, okay, well, I was just like sitting at home imagining a pizza and then it didn't magic out of the air. And it's like, okay, but like, like what inspired action did you take? Like what intention did you set? All of these things around it. So in order to believe your trust and believe your faith in it, like, yes, you need to set yourself kind of like a, micro something small like a coffee or someone buying you free dinner or or something like that that you can manifest and know that there are so many different ways to get it and I had um at the beginning of this year I had um I can't remember I can't remember exactly what led to it but I entered my first competition and I had always been 
uh, first competition that I won. And I'd always been one of those people that believes, oh, well, nobody ever wins competitions. I'm like, okay, like, what if I could just change it to believe that I could manifest a competition? Mm-hmm. So I did, I entered the competition with my friend and I won the competition. I was like, wow, now I can see that it's not just like random people on the internet that win these, and I could win these. Okay, what if now I became the kind of person that won a competition every week? Mm-hmm. And then since I had that thought, I think it's now at a point where I like, manifested over like $9,000 of prizes in the past six months. Oh just from like that small thing was proof to me, okay, anyone can do it. Okay, I can do it. Okay, now what do I want to believe? Yes. That's amazing. And honestly, like I've been, sometimes I'll have to go back to like, if I'm trying to manifest something really big, you know, like a a large sum of money or something like I've had to start three years ago, I started, you know, $20, I'm going to manifest, I'm going to manifest $40, $60, $100. But sometimes when I, when I feel like I've fallen out of alignment, I have to go back to, okay, I'm going to manifest a free cup of coffee today because Mm -hmm. I feel like, again, we are human. And so we are going to have those skeptical thoughts of, you know, like if we don't have the science behind it, or we don't have proof that this works, our mm-hmm. mind is going to be like, I need proof to make this happen for you. I have to, I have to see that this is going to work because I don't want you to fail. Um, and it's so interesting because, uh, you know, I've done that same thing where I've entered into like a contest on uh, like the radio or something. And this was probably eight months ago. And I, was on the phone and it started ringing and it didn't go straight to the dial tone, which it normally does. And I ended up winning these tickets to this show. Um, and I was like, wow. And I, but before that I was like, I've never won anything. I'm never going to win anything. But I was like, what if I could really, you know, the same thing that you did switch that belief yeah. to I can win and I do win all the time. Um, which amazing. is, I love that for you. yes, I love that you, you've been, you know, $9,000 over the last six months. That's amazing. Um, <clears throat> Okay. The last thing that I have is just, um, basically on, you know, surrendering to the process and really letting go of the how and how you can detach from, because I know in all of the studies that I've done, it's such a paradox. It's like, you have to know you have, you already have something, but you also have to be okay with not having it. And I know that like begs the question, what the hell am I supposed to be focusing on then? You know, like, how can I, really want something, but then act like it's okay if I don't have it. Uh, and I know that's some, something that so many newbies will struggle with for sure. <laughs> yeah, sure. So for me, I, around a few months ago, I created this framework for manifestation. Mm-hmm. And really this was born from me two years ago, creating a vision board. And, you know, you'll hear all these stories of, I create this vision board and all oh, the things came true. I had the opposite story where I created this vision board and I looked back on it and I was like, wow, not a single thing. Came <laughs> uh, and I was like, okay, what, well, like, what happened here? Where did I go wrong? Why did nothing come through? Came up this process to now where I'm at the end of this year. And I made a vision board maybe six months ago and I already need to update it. And what changed for me with this framework, I think is going to be really important for your listeners as well. And it's setting yourself up to know that manifestation is a combination of all of these different factors combined. So the first step of the framework is embodying the vibe and that's embodying the vibe of your next level self. And so many people <clears throat> will go straight into the intention stage and like, yeah, I want to have the $10,000. I want to have this. I want to have this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> when really it's so important to start at the embodying the vibe stage and it's like, okay, what is my highest level self? What is my next level self? What does her life or what does his life, what does their life look like? Mm-hmm. And embodying that, 
deepen every fiber of your being, understanding what that would be for you, and then go into your intention from that place of knowing what your next level self is. Because when you know that, you can check your intentions for congruency. You can be like, okay, does this fit with the worldview of the person I want to become? And mm-hmm. if it does, it doesn't matter for you whether it takes 10 minutes, doesn't matter whether it takes a month, doesn't matter whether it takes a year. Mm-hmm. Because that version of you, you will choose her, you will choose them over everything. So setting your intention from that place of this is in alignment with my higher self and this is important for me. And mm-hmm. then going into B, which is boundaries. And again, like I discussed before, it's having those energetic boundaries around what you are and aren't available for, but also clearing out energetic blocks that are getting in the way of you having what you want. Mm-hmm. And one of those energetic blocks will be like, okay, like, but when is it coming? But when is it coming? And the reason mm-hmm. that you have that block is because you don't have you're either missing faith in the universe or faith in yourself. So if you do have that, like, but where is it though? You need to work on either one of those or both of those. Mm-hmm. Then the fourth step is um, energy. And that is all about balancing your masculine and your feminine energy. So mm-hmm. masculine and feminine energy are not necessarily related to a man only has masculine energy and a woman only has female energy. This applies to he, she, they, whoever. We mm-hmm. all have these masculine and feminine within us energies within us and the feminine is leaning into the flow and the surrender and receiving Mm -hmm. and the male side is more of the hustle like let's go let's take action let's do this so you really need to combine those and make sure you're balancing them in a way that works for you and balance is not necessarily 50 50 some people might be 60 40 or 20 80 Mm -hmm. and it's about knowing like okay when I'm out of alignment where do I need to kind of tune up my energy a little bit so I feel like I'm getting back to myself and it's not taking action solely from the place of hustle, hustle, hustle or taking action solely from the place of, oh, I'm just going to sit back and just do. Mm-hmm. It's combining both of those to take inspired action. This is why when <clears throat> Katie and I talk about things like meditation and having those like nudges or those downloads that come through to you in meditation, this allows you to take inspired action because you're taking action from a place that feels good for you or that feels like you're getting nudges from your higher self which you are because you're being pushed towards something rather than oh I need to do this out of desperation and when you're acting out of desperation it's always going to feel like this like pervasive like all I can describe it as is like this ick feeling it doesn't feel mm-hmm. good so the energy that you're putting into it is just like I just need to do this because I just need to have the ten thousand dollars I just need it to arrive where is it where is it where is it and yeah. I always give this example of for example <clears throat> your friend says that she's going to come around to your house and every every five minutes you're calling her hey where are you hey where are you well, I told you I was going to come around to your house so I'm going to be there when I say I'd be there and you're like standing at the window like watching pulling back the curtains like looking waiting on her arriving like mm-hmm. you wouldn't do that so why are you doing that with your desires and pulling back the curtains and like wondering when they're going to arrive like they're mm-hmm. going to arrive things are going to arrive but you have to just have this kind of face that of course of course things are going to work out like I always get my one the universe always works for my favorite it'd be crazy not for things to work out and so the final um, step of the framework is really that surrender framework, surrendering to the how and building your faith in the universe and trusting that everything is working out for you. And you know what? I think the reason that so many of us struggle with this is because we don't we don't appreciate the successes that we've already have. We don't praise ourselves enough. We don't brag enough about the successes we've already had. So we forget mm-hmm. that we've already accomplished so many incredible things. And when you actually take a moment to sit down at the end of the day, write three successes that you've had for that day. And by the way, successes isn't just like, yeah, I manifested $10,000 a day or like I won a holiday today. Like, yeah, those things are amazing. But successes is like, 
I cleaned my room and after I did that, I felt incredible. Or I had this really great conversation with my friend and I gave her this pick-me-up she needed and it made me feel so happy to see her getting back to herself again. Successes mean different things to different people. So figure out like what is a success for you and start tracking those. Because when you look back over again, you know, looking back and analyzing, you think like over a week, tracking three successes every day, that's 21 successes that you've had. Those little micro successes are all evidence to you they all prove to you i can get shit done and when you have that evidence you then you can sit back then you can step back and say okay i surrender because look at all these things that are happening around me all the time of course life is working out for me Mm, that is so powerful because i feel like that's another thing that people miss too is is celebrating the the gifts that the universe give you you know and i mean i always use the analogy if you got someone a gift you know and you know, they're opening it up and then they kind of look at it and throw it to the side and start going on to the other gifts. You'd be like, what the fuck? Why didn't you say like, thank you or, you know, anything to me. And that's honestly, I feel like a lot of times how the universe can respond if you're not grateful. And obviously gratitude is such an important piece of manifestation, but it's like, Mm. why would the universe want to bring you anything if you're not grateful for what you already have? And when, mm. and, and that just means that you're living from a lack mindset, in my opinion, if you're constantly going to the next thing, it's like, you can't, you have to just kind of surrender and allow all of the abundance that's already around you to kind of mm. just be in your, in your energy. And that's when you're going to start making those quantum leaps and you're, you're going to start manifesting things quicker and quicker and quicker every single time. And, you know, divine timing always. But I feel like once you start getting really into the practice of manifestation, it, it it tends to show up because you are able to clear your energy of those blocks faster. And that's what it takes to be able to call in your desires and really have them um, show up in your external reality. And yeah, so- it's so true. And yeah. it's also not getting caught up in the like, trying to find the next practice, the next practice, the next practice. Like, mm-hmm. number one, understand that everyone will have completely different spiritual practices that feel right for them. And yes, we love meditation and meditation has been so important for us. But mm-hmm. it's about like, it's like trying on a dress, like, oh, this dress might look really good on you or it might look better on your friend. And it's about building your own spiritual toolkit of the things that work for you, but also not getting so caught up in like, okay, I need to spend like two hours doing this and then I need to do an hour doing this and oh no, I didn't do this practice today. Now the universe is going to hate me. Like part of the manifestation process is having fun and living your life and mm-hmm. going out there and enjoying. And so many times my manifestation comes through when I'm like dancing with my friends or I'm just like really spending time with people that I care about and enjoying my life and coming out of, you know, this has been a challenging year for everyone and coming out of lockdown or maybe if you're still in lockdown and beginning to reappreciate life again, you'll realize just how important those moments of enjoying life are. So really hold on to those and don't get so caught up in the like looking around at what everyone else is doing or comparing yourself to anyone else. Like all the, you know, even coaches or experts or people you admire, the Gabby Bernsteins of the world, they all have problems. They all have their own shit going on. You are always looking at someone's highlight reel but at the same time don't forget to make highlight reel of your own don't forget to have these moments that are really special to you don't get caught up in always looking for the next thing always reaching for the next goal because your life is is what is happening in between the goals that is your life and you don't want to just spend your whole time just chasing something just remember to just live and enjoy the process of living because it really is a gift yeah it absolutely is and that's that's one thing that I tell you know my followers and my clients is that the abundance exists in the present moment. And, you know, you can't just keep 
living for your future self nor your past self, you know? And I always love the quote. Um, I think it says anxiety is when you're living in the future and depression is when you're living in the past. Mm-hmm. And that's something that has resonated with me because I've struggled with both as well. And when you truly, I, I find the moments that I just am like surrendered to the present moment and I'm taking each second as it comes and not really placing too much meaning, but I'm just, you know, present. That is when I feel the best, number one. And that's when I feel that abundance feeling like I, I don't know how to describe it, but you can, I'm sure mm. as to it where you're just like so filled with gratitude about your life and, and the universe. And it's just an amazing feeling, but I feel like that comes from just being in the present moment and not, you know, hustling after the next goal or whatever it is. I feel like the abundance lives in the present for sure. Pretty. So, Yeah. Um, well, I feel like that's all I had for you. I just was, I'm so happy we got connected. It was seriously, I'm just, I'm so grateful for that because I feel like you have such great insights and I know that this is, this episode is going to be like, it's going to blow people's minds. I know it. Um, (laughs) so I just want to say thank you so much, um, for everything. And, you know, um, I'm going to actually put, um, Afia's contact information, her Instagram and, um, any other form that she gives me in the show notes to this episode. And, um, you can contact her for her coaching services and yeah, Afia, thank you so much. Seriously. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been amazing. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to the blissing out podcast. If this episode resonated with you, I would love to hear about it please leave a review below about something you learned. Hit subscribe. And as always, feel free to follow me on Instagram at blissingoutblog. I look forward to your next time tuning in. Spread light.